Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and fellowship and worship you. Father, we pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. I didn't finish my mint before I got up here. Chris was going to fuss at me. Sorry. So um, this guy comes home from work one day at like 730, and he has his buddy with him, unannounced. And he walks in and says, wife, prepare us supper. And she flips out. She starts yelling and screaming about how the house is dirty and the kids are not clean and she's got stuff going on and her hair's not done and her makeup's not done and she don't have time to make supper. Now, what are you thinking bringing this guy home unannounced? He said, well, he was thinking about getting married and I promised him a free demo. <laughs> that's, that's a rerun. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is a free agent, right? In the, in the world that we live in, you're a free agent. God gives us a free will, and we get to choose wherever and whoever we want to be, and if we decide to worship him or not. But I mean, really, his, his goal, his design, his desire for, for us as humans would be a, to be a free agent. And although we chose to live in, you know, rural Berkeley County as a whole, but the most important Right? You really can live anywhere in the world, or for the most part, right? I mean, if you tried hard enough, you probably could live anywhere. For a little while, you could live anywhere in the world. You could go anywhere, do anything, have any job, wear any clothes, do whatever you want to do. Especially now in, in 2024, there really is no limits to what you could or couldn't do. If you want to be a cat or a dog or whatever, you can do all that stuff too. But we have a free will to choose what, we're, what we want to do. So that's what makes it special when we talk about the gift of salvation is God didn't force salvation on the people, right? He gave them this free gift. And if it's accepted, right, it, John 3.16 says he sent his son to the world, right? And if it's accepted, the gift of salvation then becomes part of who you are. And so it's like uh, signing your deal, and I know you don't really think that you're really a free agent, but you are. You, you, you are an advertising agent for the clothes you wear, the car you drive, the style house you have, how you raise your children, what restaurants you eat at, right? You have all of these free choices. I mean, you know, unless you live in my house, you probably could go eat in any restaurant you want in wherever, I mean, basically, if you live in my house, we go to McAllister's or Outback or, I mean, right? You, but we have places that we support, that we should be getting paid for the advertisement, right? But as you, as a person, you make these decisions based on who you are, where you get your hair cut, where you go to the dentist, where you go to the doctor, what clothes you wear, and all this stuff, right? I mean, there's a few of us in here that probably do a pretty good job in a Gillette commercial, with that nice smooth shave. And we got a couple of them. I see there's, there's some glare everywhere. Right? But you have the choice to make. Right? And when you make the choice, you ever, y'all understand the idea of like being a free agent? Like, let's say I sign some big deal and then, and I don't know, some company that I probably don't like all that much, Reebok, like, sponsored me. That means every time I went to do something, I'd have to like put on Reebok clothes, right? And Reebok shoes and Reebok glasses. And 
I don't, I don't know what else Reebok makes, but whatever, you get it, right? Or Levi's, or Nike, or Under Armour, or pick a something. But what happens is, is when you become a free agent and, and you sign a deal, you're expected to show up and represent that company. When you show up, you're supposed to have on your mossy oak bottomland shooting the Benelli shotgun and wearing the shin waiter. See, that's stuff I do know something about, right? You, you, you're supposed to show up and look like that. But as Christians, we're free agents, and once we become part of the team, we're supposed to show up and represent God in every opportunity possible. You know those guys that when they really have those big money deals, and let's say they, they sign with a shoe company, they can't be caught in public wearing somebody else's shoes. They can't let somebody see them wearing the opponent's shoe or jersey or clothing, right? They, they stuck to that idea that I have to represent God everywhere I go. I mean, represent that company wherever I go. And as a Christian, we should be stuck to the, the same ideals that once we become a Christian and we choose to live the lifestyle of being a Christian and become saved and have the gift of salvation and all of the benefits that come with it, then everywhere we go, we should represent God in the body of Christ, in the hands and feet of Christ, right? So how do we do that? And I'm going to start reading Scripture in a minute. It always panics Crystal if I go for just a minute without we reading Scripture. We're going to get to Scripture in just a second. Well, how do you do that? Well, it's how you act. But mostly, mostly, in human beings, mostly, with most of the folks that I know, I know whether they're happy with their spouse or food or clothing or vehicle or team or shotgun or hunting club or dogs or whatever, because if you just be quiet for just a second, they will tell you about it. Y'all know anybody that? I got some friends that I don't even call anymore because I don't need to know because they just put it on Facebook. It's like I, I'm having a constant conversation with them. If I open Facebook, oh, look, their kids are home from school. Oh, look, they went out to dinner. Oh, look, they got a new car. Oh, look, they got a new clothes. There's no need to even talk to them. It's a waste of a conversation. But we represent all of the things that we're doing. And, and when you have a relationship with your spouse or your kids or whatever, or your parents, Right? We talk about stuff all the time. All the time. We constantly talk. Right? I, I talk to daddy very little on the phone because daddy is straight and to the point. But you can call and talk to mama for no apparent reason for 35 to 45 minutes any given day at any point in time. Right? We can just have a conversation, kind of like grandmama, right? When the poor people used to call grandmama with the wrong number and she'd stay on the phone for 10 or 15 minutes and she do not even know who they are. She's just sitting there talking to him. But we as humans, we communicate mostly verbally. I mean, now we can tweet or snap or post or whatever, but we're mostly verbal. So as a free agent who is signed with our team, our responsibility is to watch how we communicate verbally. 
and not necessarily to other people, but especially to yourself. See, Proverbs says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. L- l- let's read that. Let's, let's read the thing because there's there's, we'll get into there. All right, so we're, we're an advertising agent, right? We are a free agent, and we are set to advertise for whichever team we pick. And what we need to know is, whose commercial are you writing? I mean, you know, do you have commercials on TV? I, I, I don't really watch live TV a whole bunch unless it's a sporting event, so I don't watch a lot of commercials. And I especially don't watch local TV at all. So I don't even know the George Sinks and all those people. If I go to Mama's house for just a second, you can see like 19 commercials in a row. I don't see a lot of them because mine pauses and then fast forwards and then pauses. And yeah, I don't, I don't watch commercials. But, but we, we are a living, breathing commercial. Proverbs chapter 18. Um, we'll start with verse 20. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest that their lips, they are satisfied. 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We speak over our body, over our finances, over our property, over everything, constantly. And if you thought about it, that you had a contract with God that I'm going to say what he says and I'm going to do what he does and I'm going to act like he does, would it change how you talk? Would you be in contract violation? Because if you live, and according to the Bible, it says the stripes of that I'm healed, that I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out, that I've been set free, that I've been redeemed, do you talk that way? Are you writing the commercial that lines up with what you believe? You know, sometimes commercials come on and it's 15, 20, 30 seconds into the commercial that I'm like, what are we selling? Like I haven't figured it out yet. And I think a bunch of us go around and our commercial that we live is so contradictory that people have a hard time believing who we really are in Christ. Or who we really are as a person. Now people who know know you, right? They know who you are and they know what you believe and they know what you stand for, right? But are you presenting? Do you think the people that put the commercials on TV, that they're trying to get their employees to believe in their product? Or the family of the employees or the close friends of the company owner that's not who the commercial's for is it it's for them other folks this way over there that ain't figured out exactly whether or not they need george sink or not or or if they want the other mr pulo or whatever his name is y'all know what i mean it, it, it it's it's advertising a set of services or products but not to your folks that are close in your circle it's to the folks that are over there. As Christians, we should be really concerned over making sure that the people in the small circle know exactly who we are, right? And there's not a question. But we should also be worried about the people from afar and let them see a living, 
breathing testament of who God is and what he means to us. And most of what we do is, is how we talk. So if you will flip with me to, um, oh, that's not the one. Wait a minute. I made two mistakes last week, and Sally let me do it. She finally fixed it on the screen. I told her I was not going to do that again this week. Um, the book of Psalms, 141, and this is a Psalm of David, and verse 3. So it's Psalms 141, verse 3. And he says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep a watch over the door of my lips. And do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil, so that I may take part in wicked deeds. Along with those who are evildoers, do not let me eat of their delicacies. Put a watch over my mouth. Guard my heart. Right? Why, why do we need to guard our heart? Well, the Bible says that at abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're in a, if you're in a deal... We, we, something easy. If you, if you are a, a, a Chevy guy and it's, it's all Chevy or nothing else, you can't even be looking at a Ford. You can't even say, oh, that's a nice truck. Mm-mm, it ain't a Chevy. It ain't nice. I don't care if it's the best one ever made. If it ain't, or the other side. If, if, I mean, I drive a Ford. It, it doesn't really matter. I drive what is efficient to do what I need it to do. It could care less what it says on the front or the back. But, but in the example, right, once you are the Christian that God wants you to be, you have to be so adamant over what we do and what we say and how we act and where we go that people can see God working on you. And I've said it once, I've said it a bunch of times. You have people that you reach with the gospel that nobody else reaches. You have people that need to see God's love in the flesh that they ain't seen it from anybody else. They're not my close friends. They're not my family, right? Because I try to show them mine. But this is for them folks that's over there. But those folks that are over there for me, they might be standing right beside you. And this opportunity to watch over what we say and what we do and how we act and how we grow and how we show God's love. It is imperative, and, and it's really tough, right? Let me tell you, it's really tough. It's like, it's like being under a microscope, right? When, when you profess that you're a Christian, or even worse, if you tell somebody that you're a pastor, right? And then if you say or do or act or any certain way, right? They would go, wait a minute, I thought you were a pastor. And let me tell you, that is my favorite line to hear. You, I am, brother, but that don't make me perfect, had a conversation yesterday, and they were talking about the love for a collegiate team, and that guy happened to be wearing orange, and of course, y'all know I don't wear orange, uh, and he was like, man, I can't believe you're a pastor, and you would talk about somebody else's team, and I'm like, I'm not talking about them. I'm just telling you, I'm not putting their colors on my body. I signed a deal. I can't play with that side. I play with this side, and if, you know, Daddy and Charlie and Mark and all of us wouldn't have all graduated from South Carolina. I might have a different opinion. But at the moment, my bread is buttered on the other team, whether they good or bad or not, or it doesn't matter. 
But this, that this, I thought you were a Christian, this is so important. And, and every time, right, every time I get that, well, I thought you were a pastor, I take the opportunity to say, well, I don't know who lied to you and told you that pastors don't say things that they're not supposed to or do things they're not supposed to, because they do. And if you don't believe it, I'm that guy. But that doesn't mean God can't use me. That doesn't mean that God's not preaching through me. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love me. That doesn't mean that I'm not saved. That doesn't mean that I can't have forgiveness, right? But the goal is, the goal is to act in such a way that I never have to hear that statement again. It's hard. And it's hard for us to continue to be who God wants us to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week to watch over our heart, to watch over our mouth, to watch over our deeds, to make sure that we're living to be the ambassadors of Christ that he sent us to be. It is hard. It's impossible, actually. Because if it was possible to live holy and blameless, then Jesus would have died for nothing. But we know that when we believe in our heart, Romans 9 and 10, 9 and 10, that when we believe in our heart and we say with our mouth that he is the son of God and he was raised from the dead and he came for my salvation, I have been set free from all of those things that were holding us back. Romans 8 says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You, you ever noticed how in this pulpit it's never been Beating the sheep and death and destruction and preaching sin consciousness. Why? Because in the New Testament, we found out that when the Savior came, that we've been set free from all of those curses that came before, and we've been redeemed from our former life, right? Last week, we talked about becoming a new creation, a new creation in Christ. So the old is gone. The, the new's not perfect either, but it is growing and developing. Paul says that we press forward in the race. When we decide that we're going to be a Christian and we set ourselves up, we are constantly, should be, constantly growing from baby step step one I just got saved that i don't know anything and i can't do anything and I, all i know is i'm saved that we should grow into the sons and daughters of christ and start to operate in the gifts of the spirit and and we definitely should be showing the fruits of the spirit and we should start to develop and grow and be ambassadors for christ we should you know sign this deal with god and become the best commercial he's put on the planet in so many years he can't remember which is not true but he can remember he knows the beginning and the end but our goal is to be the representative of christ that he called us to be and here again what he called me to be and what he called you to be or your spouse to be or your kid to be or your parent to be or your neighbor to be is not necessarily the same. However, Jesus talks about it and says that good fruit comes from a good tree and bad fruit comes from a bad tree. And so when you're starting to look at who we are in Christ, 
If you can't see the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control start to develop, then we're going about it the wrong way. As we get closer to God, as we start to control what comes in, what goes out, as we read and we develop in God's Word, and we start to become closer and closer to walking with Christ, the fruit of the Spirit appear. And if it ain't, then there's a problem. And you can't say, well, I'm just naturally grumpy. I don't care. I'm just a little ornery. I don't care. That's the old guy. That na- I was naturally, I'm naturally. I'm not talking about what you are naturally. What you are naturally is of no interest to me. What you are supernaturally is of interest to me. The old is gone and the new has come. And so, <clears throat> we will use a crutch as long as it's available. We will use excuses as long as it's available. But if you're really going to grow and mature and develop in the body of Christ, the physical limitations that you were born with cannot continue throughout your entire career on this planet. Should not continue. Should not still be present, right? If you talk about the new creation, it talks about that we are crucified with Christ, that we daily crucify our body to line up with God's Word. Well, I normally act like it doesn't matter. The closer we get to walking with Christ, the more we start showing up, right? Uh, Flip with me to the uh, book of James. Y'all, y'all, know, y'all know me and James. Woo, me and James's. James chapter 1. And, 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 and this one, this, this, I think why this, this chapter and verse right here gets on me because it's, it's, it's hard for me. But I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing that part. So James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Man. It didn't say talk slow. It said slow to speak. That's not, that's not, that's, um, that is something I'm working on. That is something I am working on. Uh, Verse 21 says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So as we sacrifice the flesh, as we, well, I'm going to tell you what I think, and I don't care what you think about it. That's not what it says. It is not what it says. It does not say you get to say whatever you want to say whenever you want to say it. Now, I don't really know anybody. Well, that's a lie. Philip's right there. I know one person that sometimes says most of what he wants to say. But I don't know a lot of folks who just say everything that they want to say. 
I know that I am better at 47 than I was at 46 at not saying exactly what I want to say when I want to say it. And maybe by 77, I will be closer to God to where I am more controlled over saying what God wants me to say in every situation, in every circumstance, right? But, but the good part about this is, right? It doesn't matter how many times that we get up, brush ourselves off, and go forward. And we fail and fall down, and we start over, and we start over, and we start over. As a Christian, it is our goal to press closer to who God wants us to be. It is not a one-time shot. It's not the, well, I have failed and God doesn't love me, or I have not lived up to my expectations, or I said something that I shouldn't have said, or I did something that I shouldn't have done. It is, he does not leave us and does not forsake us. So even when we sin and fall short, right? If, if you were a Nike guy and you had all your stuff on and, and it was some big deal and you showed up in somebody else's clothes, Nike ain't keeping you. They don't cut bait, buddy. You got to go from here. You violated the contract. You're out. Our contract, our contract is not based in my ability. It is based on the grace of God through Christ and his forgiveness, which means that I can violate the contract details, not that I want to, but you do. You fall short. And it's still, the deal is still in place. When God looks at me, he sees the blood of Christ. When God looks for sin in my life, he sees Jesus, the unblemished lamb, perfect sacrifice of God. My contract is sealed. My name is in the Lamb's book of life. My goal as an agent of Christ is not to hold on till I get to the end. It is to expand the horizon, expand the family. Like if, you know, if you were, if the body of Christ was like a cell phone service, we'd be looking to plant more towers, to get more service, to get more connections, to get, create more opportunities for more people to come to know the love and grace of Christ. That is our goal. Our goal is to be such a good, not to be such a good commercial that people go, yo, those people there, they, they really do well. That is not it. It is to do enough to where people want to know why you're different. To give you the opportunity to share Christ to people who might not hear it anywhere else. <clears throat> so, <laughs> look here. This sermon, when I started playing for this sermon, it went this way for about a mile and a half, and then it went that way for about a mile and a half. I don't even know where it come from. <clears throat> Bottom line is, is when we are who we are in Christ, it is to be the example to the world around us. To show up, to do, to produce that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control to where the body of Christ 
and Jesus is exalted for his benefit, for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that it will go out and it will not return void. We just thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.